You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. This week, Chris and I are going to get into the Golden Age, DC Comics Golden Age story from 1993. But before we get into that, we will talk about what is on your spinner rack, maybe dive into a little bit of WandaVision, and then hit up some news about comic books. So, Chris... That's right. We're going to go old, old school because we're going to go into our roots, into, you know, imaginary stories. And then, yeah, we're going to take it back to the JSA. So I'm, I'm hyped for this episode. Me too. Me too. So what is on our spinner rack? Okay. Well, let's talk about the new stuff as it comes at us. So you should know by now, comic book day is twice a week. So this Tuesday from DC Comics, what's coming at us? Well, Batman Black and White is back. They are doing it as a limited series. So the issue two will be out. Uh, you have covers from Jock. Doug Brathright, uh, Kamon Sirahama. So some uh, really good looking stuff. This is always a tough series for me because like the covers are very much a part of it, you know? And it's like, you want to support it as it comes out, but at the same time, it's like, well, I'll probably wait till the collected edition. That way I get all those covers. Right. So yeah, that's a tough one, but you know, there it is. Uh, Batman, the adventures continue. Number eight will come out. And so it's a shame they didn't ship this one a little bit quicker. So if you want to revisit the awesome world of Batman, the animated series, uh, this is definitely the place to go. Alan Burnett and Paul Dini, uh, were major forces behind this back in the day and today. So it's exciting to see them revisit the world. So you'll get a nice little Christmas tale, even though we're, almost a month past uh, so, actually no we will be a month past <laughs> yeah we will be a month past so uh let me ask you this have you heard about the rumor that is going around about batman the animated series yes i have i don't know how i feel so what? hbo max as the rumor being told by both kevin smith and mark Bernardin on their podcast fat man beyond is saying that um hbo max is going to bring back a revival series or a sequel series, if have you, of Batman the Animated Series. Now, as comic book collectors, we know that they've been continuing that story in the comic book form. What does that mean for the comic book? Yeah. And is that something that people want to see in animated form? Like, I'm sure you could probably still get back most of the voice actors to come back and, and do those characters again. But... Is that something that we want to see again? I mean, I'm sure I'm, I'll, I'll watch it because I love that old show. Yeah. yeah. No, I'll definitely, it'll, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, the hard thing about it is, so like, I know, for example, there was big talk probably like a year or two ago about X-Men, the animated series getting revived, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my God. And it, 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 it hits guys like us at our age because that's what we watched when we were younger, you know? So it's definitely a nostalgia point. Um, you know, and to a lot of people around our age have families. So that's something that you can share with them, you know? So it's like, it totally makes sense to do it 
for the nostalgia and, you know, people spending money. <laughs> so it's like, okay, definitely do it there. Um, the tough part though is, you know, like you, you never have to explain why you're going to do it because like, uh, it was funny. Cause I remember when Batman, the animated series ended. And even if you watch the last episode, it's like, it didn't feel like it really ended. Uh, when you watch Superman, the animated series, when that ended, that definitely felt like it did end because there was the big showdown with dark side and, right. and all that. Uh, and then justice league, um, you know, they, they ran off the steps, you know, they had the big battle and they, they ran off and it was like, okay, well there's an ending, but there could always be a return. Um, I, I just, I hope that if they do it, they do it with the same care and love that'll make it worthwhile because you can always make a Batman cartoon, you know, and you should, you should always have him out there. I mean, he's, he's, you know, one of his greatest superpowers is money. Um, <laughs> but you know, to directly call it, you know, Batman, the animated series continued or whatever, that's a high standard, you know, uh, because that show really did have a lot of impact. Like that's why we have the new origin of Mr. Freeze with Nora. Um, we have uh, Harley Quinn from that show, you know, yeah. Renee Montoya got a, a bigger spotlight. And if I remember correctly, I think she even came from that show. Um, so there's a lot there. Can it be exciting and worthwhile? Yeah, I think so. Like, I kind of feel like that's what this comic is. The adventures continue. I feel like that's what it was where it's like, okay, let's test the waters. And it's like, yeah, it's exciting. Like, dude, Jason Todd is a thing now, you know, like when they did Batman, the animated series, it was okay to skip Jason Todd because he wasn't a thing. You know, he was, he was a Robin who died and it's a dark story. So we're not going to tell it. Uh, but now it's like, well, no, you could do that. And, and there's, there's a plethora of more characters, orphan spoiler, um, you know, and then you could have Tim grow up. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot there to explore. I just hope that they have the care for it. I mean, I really feel like you have to get back Paul Denny and Bruce, Tim and, Alan Burnett, all them to come back to do if you want to do that show, as well as Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill and uh, the other voices that are iconic to those roles. Now, the sad part, and this is where I don't want to be the downer, but if I remember correctly, I think the uh, voice actor for Jim Gordon passed away. That so is unfortunate. That would, uh, you know. yeah, I think, but again, I think right. you know, changes is, is growth. So, you know, do you, do you write that in? And maybe that's where Barbara rises up you know barbara now starts as as you know assistant uh or what would it be properly it's lieutenant or i forget but you know she's not quite commissioner yet because she never really had that law background but we see her rising up to it and what could be neat about that is maybe that leads us towards batman beyond where she was commissioner so i mean maybe they they just hired an actress to play barbara gordon in titans the the live action tv show and she is going to be Commissioner Gordon. So uh, there's that. Oh, she is in that. Okay. Yep. Yep. Season three wow. of Titans. So, yeah. yeah. So there we go. So yeah, I guess I just, I hope they do it with care because like I said, you could make a Batman cartoon. Um, Cause what was the one that came out after Batman, the animated series? I, I think it was just called the Batman or something. And it, the animation style didn't catch my eye. It looked kind of like whatever. Um, I started getting interesting though, because I think it was like it's last season. So maybe season three, like they started having uh, more heroes pop up. And so you're like, okay, cool. Like that's something. Uh, But the juggalo Joker, no, that, that looked ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, yeah. Um, here's a thought then. So if you could, let's say for some reason, one of the studios comes at you and you could revive a cartoon show. What would you pick, Mitch? Oh, man. Uh, gargoyles. That's that's Disney comes to me and says, hey, when we're not going to do the live action thing like you really, really, really want. But uh, what would you think for a continuation of the Gargoyles? I say, yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> that's a good pick. That's a really good pick because Gargoyles, it had such a mystique to it. It, it was a wild series. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd green light that. I'm down. <laughs> All right, well, let's see. Moving along, uh, we have Batman the White Knight presents Harley Quinn number four. So if you like your Tim Burton animated series comic book mashup, this is definitely the place to go. Now, this is not the main series because it is presents, uh, but it will be taking place in that world. So if you want to see Harley Quinn on her solo adventures, definitely check this out. Uh, now we're going to be blasting ourselves into the future state. So future state Aquaman number one is out. Uh, this is going to be interesting because if I remember his secret identity correctly, I think it was Jackson Hyde. Uh, Jackson Hyde will be growing up and it looks like he will be taking the role of Aquaman. And not only will he be doing that, but he'll also be mentoring Andy Curry, which is uh, Arthur and Mara's teen daughter. So she's been aged up as well. So last time we saw her, she was a baby. Now, uh, now she's in her teenage formative years. So the adventures of Aquaman and Aqua girl, um, definitely worth checking out. Looks pretty good. You'll have future state Batman Superman number one. Now this is a book I would definitely say check out. Why? Because Gene Loon Yang will actually be continuing on the Batman Superman book. So this one actually might carry over story points that make it worth its read. Uh, so that will definitely be exciting. I know when he does take over the main Batman Superman book, they're going to kind of go back to like the golden age serials. So that will be pretty cool to check out. So I'm, I'm definitely excited for that. And he does such a great job writing Superman. Gene is really good at that. Batman or sorry, dark detective, because we don't know what Bruce is going to call himself, but he's definitely the dark detective. Uh, dark detective issue two will be out. I really enjoyed issue one. I thought it was great. Uh, I was talking with Rafa, one of our contributors and friends, and um, kind of like this story reminded me of those like old Nor movies when the guy is like floating in a pool of water and he's like, how did I get here? Why did this happen to me? You know, it kind of gave me that vibe, but it's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting concept. Uh, Dan Mora is the cover artist and artist for this and he has amazing art. So I'm definitely, you know, my mind is pleased and my eyes are pleased. Uh, Future state Legion of superheroes. Number one will be out. So this actually features Brian Michael Bendis. So again, this would definitely be a book picking up worth picking up because these story points can continue from what's going on. Um, I've been hearing some rumblings and finally some talk about the gold lanterns. So the rumor was the gold lanterns are basically the guardians decided to upgrade the green lanterns, making them gold. Uh, and it sounds like they even have full mastery of the emotional spectrum. So it's like, okay, that's pretty wild. But Brainiac five recently analyzed the ring and turns out it might not even be from the true guardians. So this is quite an interesting mystery. So what will happen? Uh, Future State, Suicide Squad number one. This is the book to grab your cash. So if you look at the cover, it definitely looks like the old school JLA uh, is being very Suicide Squad. What's going on with that? Um, 
And Suicide Squad is definitely one of DC's big titles that they love to play with. But in this situation, uh, Amanda Waller takes Task Force X to put them into her situation. So is she manipulating them so that they will look like justice leaguers? Who are these characters? Uh, because even if you look at the, uh, the main cover by Javi Fernandez, uh, Aquaman and Martian Manhunter, their faces look a little bit off. And even the, uh, mannerisms behind, uh, Wonder Woman, Batman is off. And if I remember correctly, I think Connor, Connor Kent is the Superman here mm. and you'll get a backup feature of black Adam from the 853rd century or from a story we lovingly call uh, DC 1 million. So that'll be kind of cool. I'm more excited about the backup story to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, this sounds very familiar to uh dark rain from, from Avengers and I'm all for it. Yeah, the, the, yeah, that's true. The Dark Avengers, where it's like, all right, let's take these bad guys and, and dress them up fancy, so that way people will buy into our cover story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that, that definitely there there is something that could be interesting. Uh, I'll have to check to see if if Suicide Squad continue. Actually, I don't even think Suicide Squad has a book because the last volume was by Tom Taylor, and I know he ended that. So it'll be very interesting to see what they relaunch, and if they do, are Robbie Thompson and Jeremy Adams connected to the book? So good eye on that. That'll be interesting to see. Uh, we will also be getting Future State Superman versus Imperius Lex number one. I I don't know how I feel about this one. It just looks cheesy. So I'm going to keep going along. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other history of the DC Universe number two. So if you want to get a uh, look at what was going on with the DC Universe with other characters that were experiencing it as it grew and turned into what it is, uh, this is definitely interesting. Screenwriter John Ridley is writing this, so I know there's a lot of hype behind him getting in the comics. Are we focusing Strange on 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 Bumblebee and uh, what is the Guardian? It, it looks like is that the Guardian? It will, at one time, he was uh, Gabriel Hornblower or something like that, right? Uh, I think yeah, that was his Mal, well, Mal Duncan, uh, Malcolm Duncan. That's yeah, that's a secret right now. So basically, this one. Um, it looks like we're in the 70s. Uh, and so, yeah, it looks like it will be focusing on uh, Karen Beecher Duncan, a.k.a. Bumblebee, uh, and Mal Duncan. And I know for sure he was at least the Guardian. I don't know because it is interesting when you look at the cover A, I don't recognize that superhero costume at all. Yeah, I, I know at one point he becomes the Guardian. But before that, I, I want to say he was Bugle or Bugle Boy or something like that. Like during... um. Oh, what was that story? I think was it Infinite Crisis when you had uh, Hawk Girl become large and uh, oh, fifty two. Yeah, was that fifty two. Okay. Yeah, that was fifty two. I think he was the one that he went into outer space with with a group, and then like he got the 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 bugle got part like became part of him. I don't know if that, if I'm thinking of someone else or not, but I know about Malcolm Mal Duncan was somebody before he was guardian. He's definitely, he's, he's a rich character. I mean, he was introduced back in 1970. Uh, let's see here if I can get a sneak peek. So he, yep, the horn blower, Harold and Vox are uh, several of his other identities, uh, abilities. So he's definitely skilled hand to hand, exceptional physical condition, Artificial lungs and voice box grant him hyper sound control manipulation, uh, hypersonic blasts, 
So, and then formally, he used a horn that creates interdimensional rifts, portals, vortexes, and wormholes in between space and time. So there you go. That definitely does sound like the horn blower. Yeah, he, uh, it sounds like he's had a bunch of different like identities, and I know that like Guardian was one of his more recent ones, if I'm if I remember correctly. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. One uh, so fifty two. Um, he's rescued from a Zeta Bean transport accident. Uh, his lungs and vocal cords were damaged after Gabriel's horn blew up in his face. Uh, his body rejected the cybernetic grafting of parts from the red tornado until Steel used his pseudo uh, tech to pseudocyte technology. Pseudocyte, pseudocyte, yeah, pseudocyte technology to permanent something like that. <laughs> yep, something like that. So uh, his fancy technology. <laughs> he's he's kind of like cyborg and uh, uh, a couple other characters like mixed together. Yeah, yeah, it definitely sounds like they got a couple of ideas in there. So interesting. Uh, but yeah, it'll definitely take us back to, uh, and this is kind of a, not only is it forgotten, you know, obviously with the other history where we're there, there, the, the main goal with that story is to show what was going on in the universe of DC from, you know, a POC viewpoint, but it's also a very forgotten era too, because a lot of people forgot about this team of Titans, like team Titans was a bigger team, but the history is pretty much, you just have the original five and then it becomes the new team Titans, but that space in between people forget about. So right. uh, definitely interesting to see what they show up, what they show going on there. Uh, let's see. And I think that's it for their big releases. Cause it's not really a, uh, a big release this week. Oh no, I'm sorry. Strange adventures will be out. So definitely Mr. Terrific and Adam strange, uh, who knows what's going on there? Uh, <laughs> Justice League. Judge. Well, I was Go just going to say, I know, I know that we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but or I guess it might have been a month ago. But um, you're not reading that book, and I, I yeah. am, I am interested in finding out what it is. And I, I, I love that the that the whole idea is that there's two different worlds or two different point of views, so to speak. Uh, maybe I'll probably pick it up once, once it's collected. And I know that's a terrible thing because it's not going to get collected if people don't buy the book. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, but that's the thing, like, you know, so it's fine because obviously life happens Uh, and like, and we'll talk more about this when we talk about WandaVision, but it's like, these stories are great and I love a mystery, but I just like right now because I'm reading Rorschach and that's another year dedication. And if I'm looking at this correctly with strange adventures, we're at eight of 12, I believe. So again, that's another year long adventure. And it's like, ah, you know, I, this one, I might kind of wait till it's presented at my speed instead yeah. of like, wait a second. <laughs> so that's a big ask of your fans. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, but it looks good. I mean, it's Gerard's and Evan Shaner are just amazing artists. And I love the fact that it's divvied up where, so like when it seems like it's kind of the, uh, well, at least I can say this so like, if it seems like it's from um, a darker tone point of view, and then it's Mitch Gerard. Uh, but if it's going back to that happy silver age look, then it's Evan Shaner. So I like that that plays with it because it's like, well, you know, when we look back at certain things, sometimes we put it through rose colored glasses. So it definitely has an interesting concept. Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, I enjoyed Mr. Tur- or Mr. Uh, 
Mr. Miracle, just because that's one of my main characters. But I'll admit there was a time where it was like when an issue would come out, I'd probably have to pull out the stack, read them again, just to see what the pieces were telling me. <laughs> All right, well, let's see. We've got some collected editions. Uh, Justice League Dark will be collected in its volume four of this current series. Justice League International is back with book two around the world. Uh, so if you were a sucker like me and you bought those Justice League International trades that DC did not complete, well, now you could buy those trades again, <laughs> hoping that they will complete them. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Now I'm kind of I'm kind of torqued about this and it sucks because my dilemma is do I buy them in hopes that they will complete the series or do I wait till they complete the series but then if the books go out of print I've got to pay a lot more. So it is uh it sucks. There's no li- there's no way around that. Um, but at least for Doug Monkey, uh, Legends of the DC Universe, they will be collecting a big book featuring his art and amazing stories that he's been a part of. So that's huge. New Teen Titans will be continuing on with their omnibus story. So we are at volume five. Uh, Superman, Kryptonite Nevermore. So this is when Denny O'Neill came over to the Superman offices and decided to try to make him a little bit of a different character. Um, so this was the big moment when kryptonite was no longer a, uh, bane in the world of Superman, uh, Superman, the man of steel volume two hardcover will be out again, another great series of comics that they did not collect. So if you bought the trades like I did, (laughs) (laughs) um, you can now be tempted to go by the hardcovers to see if they will actually collect this series. Now, this is a fun era, though, the Man of Steel. Why? Because this is the post-crisis Superman. Uh, So DC Comics actually managed to get John Byrne to come over and play and help revamp their brand new Superman right after the crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, This is where I always kind of laugh. This is where, you know, they made Superman an X-Man because he didn't start developing his powers till his teenage years. And it was like, oh, yeah, that sounds very familiar. Uh, (laughs) But they're beautiful stories. I remember reading them in trade for the first time. And I thought they were great. So, uh, yeah, like I said, it sucks. I'm torn. Like, how do I do this? <laughs> uh, Titans burning rage will collect the, uh, Walmart giants that were written by Dan Jurgens. So if you want to get that in one fantastic place, that would be great to go. And luckily now wonder woman will be celebrating her decade series. So we will get wonder woman in the fifties. So they will be pulling together great stories about wonder woman from that classic era. Uh, what I love about these trades is the introductions that are in there because sometimes they get, you know, a writer or an artist that was of the era and they talk about what was going on in the world at that point. So that's, that's always super exciting in my book. So I love when that stuff happens. Uh, let's clean it up real quick. We'll jump over to Marvel. So if you go in on Wednesday, you can definitely pick up all your brand new Marvel comics. So Amazing Spider-Man issue 58 will be out. Uh, all that build up with the storyline going on. Who knows what's going to happen because now it's shifting gears. So Nick Spencer, why do you keep toying with my heart? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's tough. Like they were building up and it, it almost felt like we were going to get some kind of closure to one more day one moment in time and now it's something else but eh, it is what it is uh captain marvel issue 25 will be out so uh definitely expect to see some interaction between captain marvel and namer to see what's going on there oh we just saw an alien uh uh xenomorph cover with captain marvel number 25 
Yep. So, yeah. So this month, Marvel will be celebrating their acquisition of the Aliens franchise through the Fox merger. Uh, and so, yeah, they're they're definitely taking all the characters and, you know, putting them in fancy situations. So this definitely looks like uh, Carol in the place of Ripley. Ripley? Is yep. that her name? Yeah. So, yep. yeah, definitely a good homage cover there. Uh, Daredevil issue 26 will be out. This is a big one I am hyped for because we're going to get to see more of Elektra as Daredevil. So what's going to be happening there? And also this issue will be re- uh, reflecting the current state of the Marvel Universe via King and Black. So those crazy symbiotes are everywhere. Will they get a hold of prisoner Matt Murdock? Will they tempt uh, Daredevil Elektra? Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, Marvel Legends, start making those figures, though. <laughs> and then, as you mentioned before, here we get another uh, Aliens cover, so we'll get to see a very uh, what-if style battle. What would what would happen with Daredevil against that? Uh, Deadpool number 10 will be out, and this will also be part of the King and Black tie-in. Uh, whether it will be serious or not remains to be seen. Now, Excal- is- is there a reason that the Deadpool cover and the Excalibur cover both look similar? I thought that for a moment, it's just happenstance. Okay. You know, it's, yeah. Well, if anything for Deadpool, the fact is, so you've got their main, so DC just did death metal. Marvel's doing King and black right now. Uh, and King and black being the God symbiote. And I think that was his name, actually one of his names. And um, so, yeah, that's where they're at. So they're probably, if anything, playing with the idea that Deadpool is a king. And that's why you can see the uh, the symbiote god behind him being like, what are you doing sitting on a throne? <laughs> uh, so that's just luck. But yeah, it does look funny when you look at those two covers next to each other, because then you have Captain Britain sitting on a throne as well. So yeah, maybe, maybe there is, but I highly doubt it. Uh, those of you with Photoshopping abilities, that would be a great uh, Photoshop, you know, situation to make a king and queen, one very proper and, and then Deadpool. <laughs> uh, let's see. But yes, Excalibur issue 17 will be out. So we are post X of swords. Who knows what's going to be happening? Uh, Fantastic Four issue 28 will be out and we see the ultimate nullifier in action on that cover. So that could mean some serious business. Well, do you uh, want to talk about the picture that you sent me earlier in this week of uh, the Fantastic Four, or at least two members of the Fantastic Four? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, we could we could jump into that. So, uh, oh, gosh, what was it? it was called Heroes Reborn. That's right. Uh, so that is definitely an infamous title to some. Uh, there was a moment in the 90s where comics were just not doing well. Marvel was flooding the market um, and their main books were not doing great. So Marvel decided to sell publishing rights or whatever the proper terminology, but they basically sold the Fantastic Four and the Avenger titles to Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld. I know, crazy talk, right? And they decided to take those heroes out of the main Marvel universe, basically restart them in their own world. So think Ultimate Marvel, but just drawn badly (laughs) um so anyway so yes so uh that title is being reused because i believe it is the 25th anniversary of heroes report um so that's what they're using it but yes yeah some of the so some of the pictures i sent to you uh mitch were what was it one was did i send you the peter parker one no so what i saw was the dr doom wearing the juggernaut outfit so essentially he would be the herald of satirac 
Yeah, so that and and they've given us no descriptions. All we have are those pictures. So one of them is yeah, sitting on his throne. We see Jugger Doom, whatever you want to call. Him. <laughs> uh, I did find it interesting if you look at his knuckles. So it'll it'll spell out Doom, right? So there's that. Um, and then the second picture I sent you was it looks like Ben Grimm and Reed Richards, Agents of Shield. That's incredible. Yeah, and then to cap it off, I don't know if you saw this. I didn't catch it at first. They are standing in front of the door that says 42. I did. And if you remember, 42 was the uh, prison in the uh, Civil War. So that could be interesting to see that in a play. Um, so that's two of them. And I think there's two more. One is Peter Parker standing on the Daily Bugle, like kind of wrapped in the sign looking to take a picture. And then you see like a hero flying off and all you can see are their boots. So to me, that makes it feel like Peter Parker is Jimmy Olsen, even though that's a different company. Um, and then the fourth one shows a, a female character and it kind of looks like it's either Polaris, Enchantress, Jean Grey, maybe Scarlet Witch, like two of them merge together. So who knows who that could be? Um, we don't know anything yet, so I would I would say Marvel will, at the time of our recording, we don't know anything, but I'd say probably at the start of the week, uh, Marvel will definitely be releasing it. Um, what was very interesting, though, is the way they did this on their social media platforms. So the official Spider-Man uh, Twitter released the, the picture. Uh, I believe the original fan, or the official Fantastic Four, uh, the official Marvel, CB Sabluski, and Joe Quesada were all releasing these images. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just all I can say is I'm very excited that both companies are getting their imagination on. Um that means we have succeeded. They are secretly listening to us uh, and they're just not <laughs> giving us credit. That's that's the problem. That is the and problem. We're, you know, we're we're very easy to please Marvel or DC, you know, it doesn't take much. We would love to make your comics amazing. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so definitely keep your eyes out for things called, uh, heroes reborn just to see what happens. All right. Kingdom black definitely jumps into the seven seas with namer issue three. So this is a prequel comic to see what's happening there. Uh, Marvel number four will be out. And this is a big one because Deadpool turns 30 and we actually have Alex Ross drawing Deadpool and X factor very much in the style of Rob Leefield. Uh, so I can see this cover art blowing up so whether you want to read the story or not is up to you but i would say pick that cover up because that is going to be going places <laughs> uh so marvel is just like an anthology book featuring several stories so we are going to get um let's see uh daniel acuna is going to do a story on the deviants so they will kind of tie into uh the eternals Doug Rice and Hillary Barta will be dealing with Dr. Droom. So this is taking us back into the Marvel Monsters era of Atlas Comics. And Mark Wade and Lucio Partillo will have the Hulk going against Wolverine. Uh, so this will be definitely interesting to see that mashup in a different light. So definitely. But like I said, I look at that cover. That's huge because... I almost wonder if Alex Ross and Rob Liefeld actually work together. Or, wow... Alex Ross is amazing because he very much cloned the style. Like he did a great job. True. Uh, let's see what else do we have. Uh, New Mutants issue 15 will be out. Savage Avengers number 17 will tie into King and in Black as well. Uh, Shang-Chi number five will be out there. We've got some Star Wars books, 
Strange Academy number seven. So if you want to see your young teens dealing with magic, definitely check that out. Thor number eight. <laughs> uh, Thor, uh, sorry, uh, Web of Venom Ra- Wraith number one will be out. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's actually a re-release of a cover. Sorry, my fault. Uh, here we go. Now I'm looking at the right stuff. Werewolf by Night number four will be out as well. So definitely bringing some of the spooky back to the Marvel Universe. Wolverine number nine as well. Now, uh, is that a the, cutoff hand of Wolverine? Yep. So Wolverine definitely leaves his bits and pieces around. So finally people have decided, hey, why not sell some of these? <laughs> um, and I guess I can see, because I've often wondered, like, and I think they did that with Deadpool, but definitely if you look at this severed hand of Wolverine, you can see that they put that clasp at the bottom. So that probably prevents it from regenerating into its own Wolverine. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> but I've often wondered that. It's like, well, if you split Wolverine in half, would you have two Wolverines? You know, um, it's it's just something else. And even too, like, I think somebody took it to extreme where it was like, they destroyed Wolverine down to like a single hair and that was able enough to regenerate him. <laughs> so it's like, oh my God, really? You know, um, craziness, but how the heck does the adamantium, how it, does that regenerate? It doesn't, it doesn't regenerate. Every <laughs> time, I mean, yes, logically, but it's like, so every time he's like, okay, let's go do this adamantium treatment again <laughs> <laughs> on steroids. <laughs> Uh, but let's see, moving along, uh, X-Men issue 17 will be out. Uh, the X-Men book is definitely getting hot because they're finally going to make an X-Men team. I know. Sounds weird, right? Strange. Uh, so that'll be, that, that'll be something else. Uh, and then again, we get a Xenomorph cover fighting against Scott Jean. That makes me happy. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus Volume 2 will be reprinted. So if you want to get those classic collection adventures, definitely go that. Uh, Captain America by Ed Brubaker Omnibus Volume 1 will be out. Uh, This is a great series. Uh, Rafa and I have been comparing it to Grant Morrison's Batman. So if you want to go check out some articles there, and we will hopefully be restarting soon again to continue that adventure. Uh, Doctor Strange will be getting an epic collection. Uh, this will be volume four alone against eternity. And this is written by Steve Englehart. So definitely some good stuff to check out there. Falcon and winter soldier cut off one hand will be collected. So they recently did a five part mini series featuring these two, uh, in preparedness for their upcoming Disney plus show. Uh, I reviewed the whole series. I enjoyed it. It wasn't too bad. Um, don't expect anything big from it. Just expect adventure. So, you know, if you're a history buff, you probably couldn't even tell these were the same two characters. Uh, and if you're trying to get clues to the, you know, the Disney plus series, you're just going to see their banter. That's all it'll be. So not too bad. Um, Unstoppable Wasp, Aim, Excuse, Escape uh, will be out. So the uh, brand new character of Hope Van, no, Hope Pym, there we go. Uh, she is definitely starting to make her way into the Marvel cinema or the Marvel Comics universe from the MCU. So definitely check out her adventures there. And then we have Wolverine by Frank Cho, The Savage Land. Uh, Frank Cho is a very talented artist. Uh, he definitely has a good grasp of anatomy. So if you want to see Wolverine uh, running around in the Savage Land uh, and bodies, 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 definitely check it out. <laughs> so that's what's on your spinner rack for this week. That is a full spinner rack. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about the third episode of WandaVision real quick. Just uh, what is it that you saw in this episode that really piqued your interest? So I like the fact that like it felt like it moved forward, like um, just because of the ending. Uh, so obviously there's going to be spoilers here, listeners. Um, but I love the fact that like 
it, it really advanced. Uh, so I feel like Wanda's the villain. Um, like she's rewritten vision twice now. Like mm-hmm. she's like, he said something and she's like, Nope, don't want it. Um, the same thing, even with, uh, Geraldine, AKA photon, you know, she didn't like what she was saying, kicked her straight out of Pleasantville or whatever. I forget what it's called right Westview. now. Westview. Uh, Westview. So that was huge. And that tells me that whatever she creates in Westview can survive on the outside. So that definitely gives us hope for the, uh, for Billy and Tommy. <laughs> yeah, the way I definitely see it is that Wanda, for whatever reason, either because she did it or because someone's manipulating her, uh, ended up in a, t- a small town called Westview. She then took over that town and all the residents you see like Catherine Hahn, uh, the neighbor Herb, um, the the one guy with the mustache that's like, oh, thank God. Like those people all lived in that town <laughs> and then she took it over and is rewriting their reality over and over. So when someone like Geraldine showed up, who we know is uh, us comic book people know that it's um, Monica Rambeau, Photon, uh, one time Captain Marvel, uh, might be an agent of S.W.O.R.D. And she was sent in to try and deal with it or break Wanda out. Just Wanda's powers are so powerful that it also changed her reality. But just remembering Pietro helped her to remember Ultron and remember and grounded her back to the real world. And she started to remember stuff. So as soon as she started to remember stuff, Wanda kicked her out. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool too, because the accent change. Yes, very much. So, so. that was, that was, um, and then opened up my mind to thinking about all the twinning. So I didn't, I didn't catch on to that. I mean, I've known of it, but I didn't really grasp those quickly. So, I thought that's cool because Wanda herself is a twin. Correct. Um, you could make an argument that Vision is a twin because of his connection with uh, Wonder Man. Yep. So, you know, there's a pair of twins and then their children are twins. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, oh, man, I had something big and then I just lost it. Um, so, But, yeah, no, this was definitely a great episode. Go ahead. What do you think if there is an actual connection to House of M in this in the way that Pietro Quicksilver was the one that was actually manipulating Wanda into creating the House of M world. So what if there is someone essentially whispering into the ear of Wanda? Uh, maybe she is unconscious somewhere and she is creating this world and someone is just outside of her you know, bed whispering in her ear about creating this world just the way Pietro was. You know, that, that could definitely be something, uh, it it could even be Pietro, you know, like maybe it's not him per se, but it's her memories of him, you know, kind of like whispering in her mind, uh, something I thought about that was kind of interesting. Cause if you think about it and again, the Marvel cinematic universe is way different than the, the, the Marvel comics, but what's interesting is movie Wanda has lost two people, vision and Quicksilver. And now she's replacing that loss with two children. So maybe that could be an inspiration why she's having twins. Um, so I, I, that, that definitely got in there. But yeah, somebody is definitely kind of like, like I said, I feel she's the bad guy in this. But at the same time, I think there is, like you said, somebody whispering into her. Um, could it be, um, oh gosh, you know, Mephisto? Could it be... Um, uh, uh, some other known unknown character, possibly, you know, uh, so, the Hydra connections are interesting as well. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say one of the interesting, um, 
I think rumors or speculation, and I didn't I didn't read into it past the the, the headline. But what if uh, Clea is involved in this story somewhere? Uh, I think someone was 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 uh, speculating that uh, Emma Caulfield's character, the one that is like the head of the PTA uh, in the second episode, might be Clea from Doctor Strange universe. Huh. Interesting. So yeah, no, there's, there's definitely a lot of, there's a lot of characters that are begging to be introduced and it'll be wild to see, you know, are they there and we just haven't met them yet. So, so our commercial in this episode is the Hydra soak soap. Um, the interesting thing about this is that there's kind of a tangential connection to agents, the shield, the TV show, in like the fifth or sixth season, maybe it was the fifth season or fourth season, there was a whole uh, season story arc called about the framework and how uh, Agent Coulson was stuck inside of a world where he never became an agent of Shield, and Hydra was, uh, you know, the 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 predominant war um, predominant agency, and they were the quote unquote good guys. Uh, he said that Hydra had started putting chemicals into soap that would then brainwash you. And so he was making his own soap uh, at that point. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a uh, callback to that or not, because there's definitely parts in the, the part in, in the, that commercial where it it's very, I was expecting them to say like, it will transport you to Tahiti. You know, it's a magical place, which Tahiti was the the place that they sent people when they brainwashed them, or when Coulson was brought back to life. Like Tahiti was the project that they uh, used to make it so that he wasn't going crazy for being dead already. Ah, interesting. So my takeaways from the commercial, I definitely like when they were like, "Oh, it'll lift you up." That made me think of how Sokovia was being lifted in Ooh, Age of Ultron. Good. And then the obvious, you know, the, the soap box was a cosmic cube, you know? So it's definitely the way it was placed in the ad in the tub. It was like, oh, yeah, that's a cosmic cube. Okay, so maybe that'll come into play. Maybe it'll actually be a cosmic cube this time. <laughs> oh, maybe. Uh, what do you think about the slogan of unleash your, your inner goddess? Like, what could that possibly mean? Do you, do we, have we ever considered Wanda to be a goddess? Well, to me, that makes me think like if we're dealing with goddesses, maybe this is um, uh, Enchantress. Very cool. Okay. You know, uh, but no, but I agree with you. Like definitely, I know a lot of the uh, Marvel lady characters definitely love to use that term. And it's, you know, it's not too far out to say, yeah, is Wanda a goddess? Definitely. You know, like the stuff she, <laughs> what she can do is pretty out there power. So yeah, that'll be something else. So um, I know my entertainment level was definitely spiked after that episode, so I'm looking forward to episode four, uh, just because I think they're they're really going to start laying it down now. It's like okay, this is this is going to get huge. <laughs> so what what was the the Grim Reapers secret identity's name? Like the the, the name of the secret identity? I know it's it's uh, Wonder, Eric Wonder Man's Williams. brother. It's Eric Williams. Yeah. Yeah, Eric okay. Williams. All right. Just wanted to make sure yeah. that I, I know Billy and Tommy are both names that were that came up in the comic books, but I didn't remember if there was a cop like the the names also went to something uh, someone else. 
yeah how how does the connection happen now i'd be definitely curious to look that up because you know why those names um even then, like I, if I remember correctly, because I was just reading it, I think even when the children were first created, I think they were very formal. So it was like William and Thomas, right? So I'd be curious to say, like, yeah, like how do those names play into Wanda's life? You know, how do they play into Vision's life? Why, why pick those? Uh, so definitely a, a part of the mystery. <laughs> okay. So anything else that you wanted to bring up about Wandavision? Anything else no, that you, nothing you I caught can think of. Nothing, nothing there yet. Um, like I said, I'm just I'm hyped for episode four, so it'll be interesting to see. Okay, well there you go. There's there's our one division minute for this episode. Tell us about totality, Chris. All right, so I have been very excited because certain words are being used again at the DC Universe. So this is exciting. So at the end of Death Metal number seven, uh, we are being introduced to the idea of a DC Omniverse. Uh, now, it's definitely been talked about because, uh, if I remember correctly, I think we even heard a little bit of it mentioned in Doomsday Clock. But the totality, if you're familiar with Scott Snyder's run on Justice League, he's definitely been playing with it as a sort of energy that can that is just beyond worlds. But in issue seven of Death Metal, the totality is this, and I'm probably using a wrong idea, but it's like a spaceship or a you know a multiverse ship. So to me, it kind of looks like the black lantern symbol with the triangle and the uh, five spikes representing the black hand. Uh, but the the three middle, quote unquote, fingers expand further. Um, and so on this, it, it vibrates at a special frequency that nobody really uses. Um, we are now leaving behind the ideas of the halls of justice or the hall of doom. And this is where certain characters will be that are basically going to be looking at stuff because the source wall is no longer there. Uh, the famous hand of creation that we've seen in DC comics, it's now been identified. That is Perpetua and her people. So when that hand is coming, it's basically trying to wipe away, you know, like, ah, this stuff is crap. Let's start fresh. Um, so that was kind of a letdown, but so anyways, so the totality exists and basically it's looking at what's going on. Uh, and at the center of this multiverse now, we have a – it's no longer the prime Earth. There's actually going to be two Earths, and one of them they definitely called an Elseworld. So that had me super excited because that's what we're all about, you know? Like, we are all into that. So uh, who is this group of people that will be keeping an eye on stuff? Well, of course, you have Superman and Batman, but Talia al Ghul, Vandal Savage – uh, Mr. Terrific, Martian Manhunter, Hawk Woman, oh, Hawk Girl, sorry. I'm never sure who's going to be Hawk Woman or Hawk Girl, but this would be uh, Kendra and possibly Wally West in part of this team and Lex Luthor as well. So these collections of DC characters, both good and bad and have been on flip sides, uh, they will be the ones to be keeping an eye on reality. So kind of think of Marvel's infinity watch. Um, so now we have our own DC multiverse watch. Uh, so yes, the totality will be the new space club where these characters hang out. So I am very interested to see what is going to come with the fact that 
the main DC universe. So they call it Prime Earth, uh, which you, you want to be careful when you use that because they usually say Earth Prime is our world, you know, so that's where Superboy Prime comes from and all that stuff. But it's it's going to be interesting that it's longer the center. And like I said, I'm very curious with the Elseworld. What, what's that going to tell us? I'm also interested, like, if you're going to be using... If there is a connection to the Black Lanterns and there's a connection through death to the other worlds, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. And especially, too, with that symbol, because it's like, well, wait a second. Why why pick that? And, you know, obviously Scott Snyder knows, you know, because the, the Black Lantern ring was used in... Uh, in death metal. So it's, it's very much there. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I would definitely say readers and listeners, uh, definitely check out infinite frontier, uh, because I think that's going to be telling us a lot of information. And if I remember correctly, I think that comes out in March. So once the uh, future state is done, that'll be the big book to kind of guide you into this next phase of the DC universe. And let's see, just to bring this up too. So on the flip side of stuff, I thought it was very exciting. Uh, so, you know, DC is going to start going out there again. Um, I know when they did the rebirth era, they didn't really use many of those titles. And even during the new 52, we didn't get too much in the way of imagination. Uh, but luckily as rebirth came along, we had that nightwing series. I can't remember, um, what it was subtitled, but I know that was definitely one we got excited about where it was a future Dick Grayson. Um, we also had the, obviously, uh, Sean Gordon Murphy's, his Batman world was expanded upon. So I thought that was great. Um, Marvel, kind of veered away from the what if title for a while there. And they were definitely doing their own, um, you know, what if stories as well. Um, but recently in news, they just announced that uh, Chip Zardesky, Pascal Ferry and Matt Hollingsworth will be coming together to create Spider-Man spiders shadow. Um, so as, as Chip Zardesky tweeted, he said, this is something we've been working on for a while, a chance to reinvent the what if brand telling longer stories with the best artist. We think you'll like it. Uh, clearly Marvel has our Disney plus has a what if series coming. So I'm very excited. Uh, and in the first one, the spider shadow will basically be what if Peter Parker became venom. Uh, so I am de- definitely hyped to see that because I know, the original uh, black suit saga, I think they called it, you know, uh, it was definitely pushing Peter to being something else. Uh, so I'm very excited to see this. Uh, it'll be a four part series. Um, uh, and again, I'm just excited because, you know, what if uh, else worlds, those worlds, those things are getting said a lot more. Um, and then I was, I, I, my memory brought me back to this. So if you go back to 1989, the second volume of what if issue four has, what if the alien costume had possessed Spider-Man? So I'm curious, are Chip Zardesky and company taking this issue and expanding it? Are they reimagining it? Um, how is that going to work? And I think it's really neat that these stories have kind of inadvertently played out you know like we definitely had uh i know where they had like jane foster picking up the hammer of thor that was an old one mm-hmm. uh, general ross becoming the hulk that was an old one uh several of them got played out so i am very excited to see that well, that's i hope they keep digging. go ahead go no finish your, your thought well i just i hope they keep going back to that sandbox and, and taking some of these toys and playing with it because there's some cool stuff in there 
Yeah, and I was say I was gonna say that's where we got the MC two for him. Uh, you know, the what if uh, Mayday Parker had that's lived. True. Yeah, that's very, very true. Uh, uh, Spider-Girl and that whole fantastic world came out of What If, so I am definitely excited to see what's going on. And for those of you, since actually we kind of got lucky there, so that issue four is What If the Alien Costume Possessed Spider-Man. Issue five is kind of interesting. Um, What if the Vision had destroyed the Avengers, a.k.a. What if Wonder Man hadn't died? So if you want to get to see a little bit more of the drama of that strange love triangle between a, a an energy man, a mutant, and a robot. Definitely check that one out. <laughs> um, and it's kind of interesting because looking at these price points, wow, a very good copy rated at a 4.5 would cost you about $5.40, and then a very fine copy would cost you almost 12 bucks. So uh, maybe some people are starting to look at these what-ifs a little bit more deeper. <laughs> okay. All right. There you go. So let's keep talking about the imagination and let's go into what this issue is going to be about golden age. That's right. So in my humble opinion, so in my humble opinion, it's definitely one of the best elseworlds. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. This is, I mean, you're right on the right course. We're talking about elseworlds here and the golden age came out in 1993 and this is an elseworld story. Somewhat, mostly, <laughs> uh, because it is telling a different continuity of what happened with the JSA characters, the Golden Age characters. But James Robinson and Jeff Johns ends up using a lot of the, or not maybe not a lot, but a good amount of these stories or what the story that was told here in their future storytelling for the JSA, correct? Yeah, yeah. So this. This book is, it's really interesting because it was just, you know, like, okay, you know, James Robinson, you got a great idea. Go ahead, uh, make your Elseworlds. And then James Robinson obviously started cutting his teeth and you're like, okay, hey, you're doing some great stuff. So this led to him writing Starman, uh, which definitely had the, the Jack Knight version. So the one with the jacket and the goggles uh, and the elongated staff, which if you remember, that kind of appeared in uh, Golden Age. So he created his own book and then kept like he decided, Hey, these were some neat ideas that I had done. So he started making a blur into continuity. Uh, Jeff Johns was definitely inspired by this book. I, I there was a quote out there uh, where he was like, yeah, this, that story is what helped him fall in love. Here we go. Uh, he credits this as what helped him fall in love for the JSA. And so that's why he was willing to jump on the JSA book with Robinson or, uh, when Robinson left. So that's that's pretty exciting. So this one, you know, again, not only does it have a great and imaginary story, but then it leads into the actual DC continuity. And then it leads into our world where it inspired, you know, some great writers to make some awesome story. The characters that are f- that are um, featured in this story, like. It's so funny because when we talk about the original JSA, right, you have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman as part of that group, right? Uh-huh. But we're continuing with the continuity of the, those characters weren't uh, around yet, so to speak, in the in this timeline, in the post-crisis timeline. Uh, yeah. So, so you have... You have stand-ins, I feel like. You definitely have, um, well, the the character that they create, Dynaman, um, 
which I don't know, was Di- the Dynamite Kid or Dynamite Man, was he a real uh, Golden Age character? Yeah, yeah. So Dan the Dynamite, he uh, he definitely was a character. Uh, what's that? Oh, I was just Dan, repeating. Dan the Dynamite, he... Yeah, Dan the Dynamite. He he is actually a character because uh, there was TNT and the Dynamite, and um, so you know, like a Batman and Robin from probably quality comics, if I remember correctly. Um, so definitely one of those slew of Golden Age characters that were out there that just you know they probably had some fans they just didn't take. Um, but yeah, but you're right. He definitely when he gets transformed into dynaman i just feel like that's superman for sure <laughs> yeah exactly like even they even uh replace the s shield with a, another type of emblem but it's very much reminiscent of an s shield and and you have the red and blue coloring and and all that stuff so it's it's it and, and then the who's the 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 lance gallant i think is the um oh captain victor yeah. captain triumph there you go. Yeah, Captain Triumph, yes. Yeah, he's he's to me seemed very much like a stand-in for Batman, especially when he starts to fall in love with Paula Brooks, Tigress, a known thief. Like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it feels like that to me. I don't know. What does it feel like to you? No, he he definitely kind of he has some of those uh um feelings. If anything, I I kind of felt he was more more like Shazam, Captain Marvel. You know, I, I kind of felt that because, you know, again, two like two people, quote unquote. But uh, I, I felt he definitely kind of brought that um, ability to him. But I can see that now that you're saying, you know, it's like, oh, you're, you're right. Because, you know, he's only involved in the story because he's rich. And then a woman catches his eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't. But yeah, see- definitely. Definitely. Go ahead. Oh, but definitely in this story, though, a tragic character. Oh, my gosh. Oh, very much. Um, so. Like and I mean, we'll get into it when we when we talk about it. But wow, I felt bad for him. <laughs> so, of the original JSA, we see this story involves um, Hawkman and uh, Green Lantern, but like you don't see your Jay Garrick or uh, really Dinah. Like you see her at the end, and they for some reason call her Diana, but. Uh, Black Canary's there, but not there. You you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Well, even though it's you know, so it's it's Golden Age, so you definitely want to like. And it's funny because the original title is just Golden Age. Uh, even the original trade paperback was Golden Age. Uh, when they re-released it recently, now they've started calling it JSA, the Golden Age. And you're right. It's like, well, why call it a JSA story? When, you know, like Alan Scott is your JSA connection. Hawkman is a JSA connection. And uh, the, Atom. Uh, the Atom is the is a JSA connection. And Starman to a point. And it's like, it, it, these are more definitely Golden Age characters and probably even All-Star Squad. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're talking uh, Johnny Quick and Liberty Bell, uh, if I remember correctly, I think that's that's where their relationship actually started to foster uh, was in that book. Um, you know, the, the Paul Kirk Manhunter. I, I don't think he's been on any team, so maybe he was a, an all-star squadron. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, it's inspiring to the JSA, but it's definitely a great close to the golden age of characters. Um, 
But yeah, your main point of views are going to be like, I guess Johnny Thunder has a connection there, but Johnny Thunder and the Atom are the JSAers that get swayed into Tex Thompson, a.k.a. Mr. America, a.k.a. the Americando, into his new way of thinking. And he manages to enlist Robot Man, um, Dan the Dynamite. Uh, he, he gets them to come into his uh, government-sanctioned superhero team. Uh, we see some of the trials that our man and star man are going through with their, you know, heroics and either addiction to or shame of, uh, we see the love story between Johnny chambers, AKA Jesse quick and Liberty bell and how their marriage dissolved. And then she went to John law, AKA the tarantula. Um, but then you could see how their marriage dissolved even faster and harder. Uh, Alan Scott dealing with the house of air un-American committees, uh, un-American, yeah, un-American committees, uh, attacking with the red scare. And then Hawkman basically being looked at as kind of a nut because he is fully embracing the idea of reincarnation. And then you deal with, um, Paul Kirk, the famous manhunter, so he's definitely a fearless guy, but now he is going to be a man who is hunted. So those are your main characters in this story. So yeah, and and you have all these characters, and as World War II came to an end, most of their lives were not great. Like uh <laughs> you you have Alan Scott who is uh the head of his own media conglomerate or media company. Um, but he is being investigated by the U S government for, you know, uh, maybe possibly being influencing in the ways that are un-American as you, as you said earlier, um, Johnny quick doesn't exactly have the picturesque life that he wanted. And he's trying to be a filmmaker now. And, uh, uh, was it, um, uh, Al Pratt just wants to be a superhero still, but, he's been regulated to be to working in an office and he it has no windows and he's just sad about it. Like obviously the, the person who's having the best version of their life is, uh, Mr. America or America commando. Uh, but as yeah. we come to learn out or find out that's not Tex Thompson anymore. That's ultra humanite has put his brain in there after during world war two. Cause he was a Nazi and, and that's that's the whole thing. Infiltrate the U.S. government and and bring in the, the the you know the Nazi party that they want, even to the point where where is it that you, is it before it has to be before they put Dan the dynamite inside that silver tube that they replace his brain with Hitler's brain, right? That's the moment. Yeah. So that's that's uh, a <clears throat> so yeah when they when they have that nuclear explosion. I think what was it issue two. So that and they they do the swap of of putting Hitler's brain into Dan the Dynamite and you know transforming him to uh, Dynaman. So that was that was quite the twist. I, I mean, it's such an elaborate plan, and to, to make him the most powerful being uh, in the world. And there were times when I I'm reading the book and I'm just like, who is this guy that's doing the cocaine? I did not realize. <laughs> That that was also Dynaman. Like it's, I love the way that the artist draws this, and obviously I cannot draw anywhere near like like this. But some of the characters all look similar, so I was like, I don't know if that's the same person or not. Like it's it to me, it just it didn't it didn't there wasn't enough distinction, if that makes sense. 
No, I could see that. Like, um, <clears throat> you know, so so it's funny. So mentioning this artist, uh, this is Paul Smith, and he is a phenomenal artist. Uh, definitely check out his X Men. Like, wow, that was character defining. Uh, he just he did a great job. But you're right. There are some points when it's like, because yeah, for some reason, Dynaman when he's doing his cocaine, it's like he's topless and he's just there, and you're kind of like, well, you know, like, and if you don't even catch the mustache of Tex Thompson, you could almost be like, well, who are these two dudes talking? Like, what's the purpose of the scene? I mean, the, um, the Dynaman doing of that. that the Dynaman doing coke looks a lot like the uh, Paul Kirk that is, um, you know, distressed and and running for his life. So that's why I was just like, it's it's a little too similar. And it's same thing with uh, Jonathan Law and Johnny Quick. Like they're both just tall, muscular, blonde dudes. And I'm like, I don't. I mean, sometimes I'm getting a little confused, and and that might just be me. I I just might not be the best at at picking out this this distinction but yeah like that's that's my literally my only uh problem with this story because it's such a good read yeah no i i i know like this is one i missed out on um i think i wound up picking it up just because diane had a copy of the trade at at fan quest i was like okay let's let's do this and it blew my mind uh i i think it's an amazing story just because like I love the fact that like it's funny because to me like when I was reading it I felt like the Alan Scott in this is the Bruce Wayne of uh Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns you know he's just this bulk of a man you know yeah. and like he's like well I don't want to be a hero but it's going to have to be a hero and you know sure enough there's the one day where it's like oh there's a jewelry store robbery and he's like I'll go cover it and he winds up fighting toe to toe with the sportsmaster not even wearing a green lantern ring and you're like whoa you know alan scott's kind of a, a thrill junkie <laughs> and then speaking of thrill junkies like what was your reactions i know you love our man I, I know you're you're definitely into that character in the family what did you think of the way they were writing him in this story I mean, like, how did you feel about the the addiction it was it was super hard it was hard to sit there and watch him be addicted to the miracle though like yes it's I'm only getting so many minutes out of the hour that I'm supposed to be getting in this, uh, after this pill. So, you know, it's reworking it and and taking more pills. And like, that kind of goes into my story from last week. Like, you know, that power has got to be addicting. So the, the more it is, the more it's, it's sapping him and, 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 you know, not being able to do what he could, he's supposed to be able to do because for whatever reason, maybe he's becoming more, uh, the, the pills are just not working as well or, or, you know, whatever it's, it was, it was sad. It was sad to read. And it was such a, it was such a sub story of the rest of the story. Like it is literally contained to itself. Our man is until the end when they go to the, uh, Senate hearing or whatever it is that Tex Thompson is, is, is throwing so that he can announce his, you know, his, uh, government sanctioned superheroes. Like, he doesn't come in. He doesn't get involved until that point where he's like, no, 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 I have something to tell everybody. And, and it's funny that the three, three different storylines, co- you know, come to the same realization at almost the same time. Cause you have, you have the Manhunter storyline where, uh, Hawkman uses hypnosis to bring back the memories that, uh, Paul Kirk lost to, re- so that he could, he could remember the fact that he saw, uh, ultra humanite, putting his brain inside of the body of Tex Thompson. 
Yeah, no, I thought that was so to me, I thought those elements were cool because so obviously this is, you know, modern elements being in introduced into golden age story. Um, but I thought it was really interesting to see the Manhunter dealing with his PTSD mm-hmm. um, just because sometimes something so traumatic happens to you that you don't, you don't remember it the way it was um, like recently. Okay. So this was kind of interesting. I, I wound up on a YouTube channel and they were talking about like the 10, the top 10 saddest moments in television. And one of them was an episode of mash. And so, you know, that the, there was a part where they're all in a bus and they're driving and there's the screaming, making noise and Hawkeye, not a Marvel character, but Hawkeye, the, the surgeon, he looks at the lady and he's telling her like, tell your chicken to be quiet. It's going to get us killed. Um, and then she kills the chicken. And so like all throughout the episode, Hawkeye is just like, he's cranky and he's angry and he doesn't know why. And then finally, when he talks to the psychologist, the psychologist helps him break through that. It was actually a baby. Right. And it so wasn't a chicken. Yeah. So it was so traumatic that that's how his mind took it. And I was like, wow, you know, that that's cool to see that happening. So like, because the whole time I'm like, what's the purpose of this Eagle? Like mm-hmm. at first I was thinking, Oh, maybe the Eagle is because America and they're going to, you know, put Hitler in into it. But I was like, no, the Eagle is Mr. America. I just, I needed that one extra word. Um, <laughs> I thought that was cool. Um, and talk about a neat moment too. Like for one of the side characters, the fat man, you know, so uh, Tex Thompson had his dopey sidekick. Cause a lot of them did, you know, like even green lantern, you know, he had Derby Dickles, you know? And so they all had these characters. So the fat man, uh, Fred, Oh, I can't think of his last name, but I thought that was so cool that, you know, he tried to reach out to Tex and he was like, Hey buddy. And Tex is like, dude, you're a disgrace. Like, I don't want anything to do with you. And so, you know, he walks away, but then, you know, obviously he's, he's, you know, he, he's still hopeful. And then he helps, you know, Manhunter, Paul Kirk kind of regain himself, uh, Bob Daly. There we go. And so I thought that was cool to see those two guys go on their journey. And I thought that was a great moment too, because when you see the fat man drawn, he is very large, uh, as they spent their time in that, you know, safe haven of a city, you see that Bob is actually thinner. So I thought that was cool. Like, I was like, all right, that that's really neat. Like they both found themselves in a better situation mm-hmm. and they're both better for it. Uh, but you are right. It is kind of interesting how all of it ties up neatly. Like I like how Johnny chambers, AKA Johnny quick. I like that. He's nightwing of that generation. Uh Like all the heroes are like, Hey, something's happening. Let's go tell Johnny, you know? And he knows everybody's secret. Yeah. And I just love the fact that like, again, how neatly it ties up, but it's like, you know, he gets a phone call and it's like, Oh, Hey, uh, you know, Miss America stole Texas diary and we found out that he's going to be crazy. And then he gets the other phone call and it's like, Oh, Hey, it's, it's the fat man. I've got the manhunter here. And we turned, we found out that Tex is actually, and it was like, talk about, you know, like the span of one night, you know, it's like, Oh, <laughs> um, but again, for story's sake, you know, sometimes you got to have it wrapped that way. But I just, I thought it was cool. And I think what makes this story definitely on my, my second reading, I, I, I think I have a better appreciation because obviously I've, I've learned more about the DC universe as since the first time I've read this, but I just, I, I love when it's these quirky little teams, you know, because even though it'll be rebranded as JSA, the golden age, this is not a team that we saw working together. And I just, I thought it was great. And, you know, obviously being older and going through life, like you can appreciate stuff. Cause like, Oh man, talk about a heartbreak of a moment. 
But when the atom starts punching on our man, he's like, dude, stop being crazy. And then they wind up in front of uh, Dynaman and Dynaman's like, oh, you blind soldier, you fool. You would have been a perfect little Nazi. I can just feel Al Pratt's heart breaking. You know, it was just because like, I mean, he's trying his hardest to be a hero. And it's like, at the end of the day, it was like, nope, you just got duped. And oh, man. But then kind of at a neat thing, though, now we know the uh, Our Man and the Atom have done their own fastball special. So it's great. It was great to see like characters that I didn't know exist. Like I didn't know that there was a robot man before Cliff Steele. I didn't know uh, that there was uh, a tigress before the one that we see in uh, what's it? Young Avengers or Young Avengers, Young uh, Justice, the cartoon, you know, like I didn't, I didn't know about the, the connection to these characters and, and to see the last few pages where it's, literally like a baton being handed off to the silver age you have your wally west flash you have your hal jordan um green lantern like uh and robot cliff steel robot man like all these things i i don't know because i i didn't exist and i didn't go and read those old comic books but i didn't know if there was this like very much handoff from the golden age to the silver age and this is this for me did did, did that yeah, no, this is this is such a fun book. And I would recommend too, like like now's the perfect time. Like obviously we, we got all kinds of stuff going on, but like now's the perfect time to say, okay, go pick up uh Darwin Cook's The New Frontier and read it. Like I feel like those two are are kind of neat tangential comics that can almost tell that story where you're right. It's as we never got a proper handoff, you know, when, when the comics ended, that was it. Like, it was literally like, I know Green Lantern because I, I did the research, but it was like for Alan Scott, it was like, okay, Alan's this big hero. He's got his own book. And now he's got his sidekick S character in Derby Dickles. Then all of a sudden it's like, ah, let's get rid of Derby and let's give him a dog. You know, and it was like Rex, the wonder dog. And then next thing you know, the last couple of issues of Green Lantern don't even feature Alan Scott. It's just Rex, the wonder dog. And you're like, what the heck? <laughs> um, so these characters just faded off into obscurity. And, you know, and again, a lot of people like, well, who, who is what, who is what? So in this story of golden age, they go to Captain Comet being the first Silver Age hero. And there is some argument to it. Uh, he does his first appearances in 1951. Uh, he's got Schwartz, Broom, and Infantino behind him. So those are definitely very, very Silver Age people. Um, so there is an argument that he could be, you know, the first Silver Age character. Uh, some people argue it's Martian Manhunter. And a lot of people would definitely say that it's Barry Allen, just because that's what was the popular of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, like Groot predates the Fantastic Four, you know, so is he part of the Marvel Age of Comics or is he part of the Marvel Age because of Guardians? But anyways, uh, so I thought that was kind of cool, like you said, like just to see that baton pass on and and things grow. And then, yeah, that last page, you know, we we can see the future is going to be as bright as sterling silver. It was like, <laughs> oh, that is that is so cool. So I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was uh, a beautiful moment because this book does get dark. Holy cow, like what Miss America goes through. So the superhero Miss yep. America, um, gosh, I can't think of her secret identity. Joan Davis. But yeah. Oh man, that was so like, I felt for her and too, like 
again, looking at a moment for, for our man, because the superheroes had a plan like, okay, we'll go to the official uh, superheroes swearing allegiance to the American government, which will also probably be where Tex Thompson announces he's going to run for president of the United States. So now you're going to have the ultra humanite, you know, being the leader of America. And, you know, so it was like, okay, who's going to be brave enough to make the announcement and tell everybody all the dirty secrets that you have the ultra humanite and Hitler are trying to take everything over. And, you know, it's like our man's like, I'll do it. I, I could probably survive this. Yeah, let's go for it. And I just, I, you know, again, moments of like sadness. So it's like, you can just see our man as he's like, don't say it, don't say it, Joan. And she does she's like no this is all this and that and then robot man holy crap what a monster Mm -hmm. (laughs) like and it's funny i don't know why i guess just because i've been watching a lot of futurama but i started to hear the robot man's voice as bender (laughs) (laughs) so i was kind of like maybe there is something to evil robots being you know um but yeah just crazy and that was something i was going to mention so going back to that page you were talking about when uh when Dynaman was doing the cocaine, right? If you look in the background, you see Robot Man there. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't catch it the first time and I was like, so that he, makes that panel even more creepy. Like, what is he doing? Like, you know, robot can't do cocaine. And it's like, so he's just like, like living off of the thrill of watching somebody else do it. Like, wow. He's just, so, he's, he's just lost all his humanity. Like, like uh, when ultra humanite tells like, you, you just sit there, you sit there, you do what I tell you. And it doesn't matter. Um, I, I mean, I, I wanted to bring up the fact that Joan Davis, Miss America is the one that makes the announcement. Also, yes. at the end, who gets the the killing blow on uh, Dynaman? It's Liberty Bell. She picks up the broken star rod and pushes, or cosmic rod, and pushes it right through his chest. Like it's it's not much in the way of representation, like of good representation, in, in because there's so much that is is not done. There's there's no people of color, and there's no uh, the women are are pretty much battered but liberty well liberty bell you know takes care of johnny law like like puts him down when he thinks that he's gonna manhandle her and then uh, it's it's joan that takes it upon herself to to expose this and it's uh it's jesse chambers that liberty bell that that kills dynaman it's it's a good story in so many ways yeah no it 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 tries to bring stuff further um you know, like, uh, it, like, and even too, like the, the parts of the humanity behind it, because like that moment with Sportsmaster, when we find out, oh, why is he robbing that jewelry store? Because he's actually trying to get enough money so he could take care of his daughter, daughter mm-hmm. you know? So we definitely see like, oh, wow, you know, like the plight of, you know, sometimes of single fathers, what they've got to go through. Um, yeah, just there was so much character in it, you know. Like I said, I just that's what that's what really draws me to it is just the struggles that they all go through, you know. Fat Man, the Atom, and Johnny uh, Thunder all wanting to belong, you know. Paul Kirk dealing with his traumas, um, even as you said too with Liberty Bell, like you know, it, it felt like you know she she kind of saw that Johnny Quick stopped being himself. And she married a clone of him with John Law. You know, Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, okay. Like she literally went from a blonde haired Johnny to another blonde haired Johnny. (laughs) 
you know, the guy lost himself as well. And it, it finally took, you know, quick to learn to be himself again. And once he did, you know, that's why he's like, Hey, you know, like, remember me. Cause I'd, I'd love to be there for you. So that was, that was a great, you know, soap opera esque, but that, that love story that's in there. Um, just all of it, wild, wild stuff. And it's really neat too, because like you said, some of these moments did get plucked and put into main continuity. So like, you know, Starman uh, being in a mental hospital, like that wasn't a thing until this story. Uh, so that was kind of neat to see that. And then how he was, you know, like I'm with the stars, you know? Uh, so that was wild to see and, and get its origins there. Um, I, I just, I love the story. Like I said, to me, it's, it's a great character study. Um, I love the weird ragtag team that's assembled. Um, I just, I, it, it, it was funny because I had plans on the day. Like I was like, Oh, I'm going to read this. So like, I'll read this, go do something. I'll read part two, do something else. No, I just wound up sitting down and reading it all in, in one sitting. Cause <laughs> it really does. It, to me, it sucks you in because it's like, you know, I love the way that like from Texas point of view, it's like, you know, you're first introduced to him and you're like, Hey, this guy could be the real deal. You know, like he was the hero who still went behind enemy lines. Um, then issue two, you know, you kind of start seeing a little bit more darkness happening. Issue three. Now him and Dynaman are very questionable. And then finally it's revealed like, wait a second, these guys are villains wearing human skin. Um, just wild. Oh, and that was another thing I almost forgot too. Uh, Johnny thunders, thunderbolt is, Oh, that was such a sad oh, moment. Yeah, there. Yeah. Because Johnny Thunder just wants to save what's best for him, which again, that's a, that's a bummer of a character assassination. Cause you know, you don't think Johnny Thunder's that much of a douchebag. Um, but it was just like, wow. Okay. And you know, the Thunderbolt was like, I don't want to kill our man, but I can't misobey my master. And just went into the sky screaming and blew up. It was like, wow. Yeah. No, was no. That was a that was quite the end for him, and uh, you brought it up earlier. <laughs> I honestly want to go and learn more about Captain Comet now, or just Comet Adam Blake. Like, I I know that he. I guess looking at his his Wikipedia page, he showed up in other things that I've read before. But literally, this is the first time I've ever heard of him, <laughs> or I feel like the first time I've ever heard of him. Uh, and looking at the his abilities. Holy good lord! You have uh, superhuman strength and vulnerability, immense kinet- telekinetic and telepathic powers, flight, super speed, tremendous intellect, photographic memory, concussive energy shot, aura vision, uh, teleportation, clairvoyance, pos- post cognition, um, ex- extended lifespan, accelerated healing, and invisibility. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> right, he is quite the powerhouse. Um, yeah, and it's funny because he's he's the first mutant, so he pre. I mean, again, I, and actually, I'd, I'd have to look at that too. I, mean, I wonder if if when Namer first came out, if he was called a mutant. Uh, but it's like okay, like you know, a lot of terms were there. I feel like he is definitely a strong precursor to um, Adam Strange. Like I, I, you know, and again with Julie Schwartz being involved uh, in that type of science fiction, so I, I feel like he. Uh, he would have been that character, but you're right. You know, you're like, you're looking at it and you're like, Oh, this guy, like, you know, he was always there. I didn't know who he was. And yeah, cause it's funny. Like you said, pulling up that picture, like 
I remember picking up mystery in space and it was kind of like, eh, I don't care about this guy. He doesn't have any thrill over me. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh wow. No, I'm sorry. I missed out. <laughs> well, yeah, just looking at the, the, the picture that they decided to use for the Wikipedia, the mystery in space, number one, uh, that art looks awesome. I want to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So now, hell of a character. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so literally the only character that was created and it's only pseudo created for this book is Dynaman. It's just a souped up version of Dan, the dynamite. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, this was great. Like, I mean, you know, James Robinson did a great job of, of knowing what was in the, tool, in the sandbox to play with knowing what he couldn't play with, you know, because again, Superman, Batman and wonder woman, at this point in DC's history are no longer golden age characters. Uh, so he's got to take them out, but he did such a great job. And I mean, you know, Dan, the dynamite, like that's another tragic character in this one, you know, like, cause as he's laying down to, to, to lay down in the capsule or whatever, the night before the surgery, you know, he's like, I'm going to be a hero. You know, it's like, Oh, that's so sad knowing what's going to become of him. Um, but what a great way to be like, yeah, let's, let's, let's introduce Superman as a super villain. So it's funny because if this were to be fully absorbed into DC continuity and how much harder would it have been for Superman when he does make his first appearance, you know, because it's like, here comes another guy in a, you know, in red and blue and he's Mr. Perfect. And it's like, you could almost see like the JSA, like the, the hairs on the back of their neck would be standing up being like, Oh crap, <laughs> Hitler's back, you know? And it's like, so that, that could definitely be something that would be wild to think about as well. Yeah. All right, Chris. Uh, I think that's uh, I, everything I needed to say about this great story. Thanks for bringing it to my attention. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I'm glad you wanted to. I'm glad you were excited to read it too. Uh, fans, listeners, definitely go check it out. Like I said, you could you could probably find the actual issues, you know, in the dollar box or something like that. Uh, it's definitely worth putting on your shelf, either as the original trade, Golden Age, or as the rebranding JSA, the Golden Age. Um, fantastic story uh it it brings the hero in superheroes but it also puts the man in superman uh i just thought it was great these are you know a wild collection of characters going through immense struggles and overcoming wild evils so fantastic stuff uh if you haven't read it check it out if you have read it let us know what you think we'd love to hear your thoughts as well so if you want to reach out to me i'm on twitter i'm at mitchipedia gem gem stands for geek elite media Chris, where can people find you online? Uh, you can definitely find me on Twitter as well. My handle is stuff I should say should being spelled S H U D. And then if you want to check out some of our writings, check out geeklymedia.com and AIPTcomics.com uh, as I have a couple articles on both those sites. And then check out my mostly weekly reviews. Uh, I'll probably be slowing down a little bit because of college, the scary animal that it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geekleetmedia.com. Check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Media for exclusive material that you can only get if you're one of our patrons. And whatever podcast, podcast catcher you use to listen to this podcast, please rate and review us so that it helps... Uh, Spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. Geek out.
This concludes our broadcast. Peace.